Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents From Beyond, featuring your hosts, mother-daughter psychic mediums, Nadia Shapiro and Dr. Barbara Williams. Hello and welcome. This is From Beyond. I am Nadia Shapiro here with with Dr. Barbara Barbara Williams. Williams. So today we are going to talk about spirit attachments and what they look like and what to do about them. Right. Little categories like who's at risk and maybe the difference between spirit attachment and possession. And it's something actually that probably affects most people. I believe it was 70% of most people, even though most people aren't cognizant of that happening. So how do we know what is a spirit attachment? And we welcome callers coming in if you have any information and want to talk about this or you've had some experience with that. So what is a spirit attachment? Is that when an entity uh, kind of attaches to someone, um, piggybacks, there's a lot of different uh, terms for it. They uh, may find a weakness or a door through that person, some type of weakness, and literally attaches itself to a person, sort of more like a leech. And then it feeds off their energy over a period of time, slowly can move itself into the person, and give them some part of their energy, or, or you know, it can get more extreme. Yes, and um, I think we're going to go ahead and kind of give, you know, exactly what that looks like on people and maybe how to possibly get rid of it. Okay, so what would it look like if you have a spirit attachment? Some symptoms could be, well, as, as easy as if you're feeling tired, depleted of energy, suffering mood swings or impulsive behavior, unexplained bursts of anger, sadness, or emotion, hearing inner voices, um, problems with addictions, could be poor memory, um, an onset of physical problems, disturbing nightmares, constant worrying, uh, the feeling of being watched, uneasiness, depression around you that doesn't make sense, Uh, head, neck aches, nausea, overall body ache, uh, chaotic, dramatic life. It's kind of interesting because um, I think most people, if you've ever, if you're listening to the list, I think that everybody at some point falls into that. 
Yeah, um, so, actually, we we are having a little bit of a technical difficulty, so I'm just going to um, put us in a break right now, and we'll be right back. everything it sounds like it did and we're back so go ahead and continue on all right oh i'm sorry uh a lot of the, those signs and symptoms that that i spoke of um sound like i think almost everybody can probably resonate with something there uh and if that is you see why it's a very difficult situation because you cannot tag somebody as having a spirit attachment if you if you really aren't absolutely positive because you tread on, on uh, very shaky ground there because some of these can be termed as mental illness. So uh, is there the view that there are some mental illness that is caused by spirit attachment? Absolutely. And I think that a lot of our mental health facilities may be full of people that do have attachments. But is everything an attachment? Not necessarily. So have you come across this at all, Nod, from, you know, any attachments that you've removed from people? Oh, yeah, I come across them all the time, probably almost on a daily basis. So, and, and um, you know, as we go through things that can set people up for how to get, a, you know, a spirit attachment, you can see it's actually fairly easy. Uh, people who have had surgery, people who have been seriously ill, uh, strong thoughts of negative thoughts, revenge, hatred, jealousy, abuse of drugs or alcohol, um, tremendous stress, burnout, fatigue, feeling unloved, lonely, uh, playing with the dark forces or, or doing rituals and channeling, a near-death experience, uh, I'll do anything to gain power, psychic gifts or material possessions type of feeling, uh, very low self-esteem, or emotionally abused, uh, worked in a morgue, cemetery, hospital, or funeral home. You know, uh, I mean, the list goes on, and I think almost everybody on the planet really will fit into one category or another. So, uh, you know, it really is amazing how pervasive this is, and I think I and, and the team I work with, we're seeing more and more of this. You know, it's not always recognized as that, um, but, you know, there, 
we all fit in this category, you know, to do something or another. Who hasn't had an operation or been in a hospital or gone to a funeral parlor even or been depressed uh, or, you know, had some kind of illness? You know, some of the things that may show up is head or neck pain that affects the shoulder, nausea that a doctor can't find a reason for, overall body pain or pain that moves from one area to another, a very dramatic, chaotic life, um, electrical appliances that short out or don't seem, you know, uh, you, lights flicker on and off when you get near them. You can't good health or you keep getting ill. Chronic depression from the energy being so low. So uh, this is pretty a pretty pervasive uh, problem. Uh, now, when things get very extreme, if you have a, you know a spirit attachment and they find a weakening in the aura, and you as a person, the energy gets lower and lower. You know, you can get a possession involved in that, which is a, a much more extreme condition. And a possession would be when an entity or person would take over the personality completely. You know, like little things, uh, expressions like being beside yourself or above yourself or feeling chronically ungrounded, out of character, um, constant dreams or nightmares, restlessness, compulsive behavior that is out of character, obsessive thinking and behavior, suicidal thoughts and behavior. Um, so who at risk for this? I don't know if we have any callers that um, want to call in with any experiences they might have. Uh, you know, just because we've all kind of had this experience. Um, who's at risk? Well, one thing is I find a lot of paranormal investigators and the reasoning is you have like wonderfully intelligent, curious folk putting themselves at potential active situations and locations. And sometimes they, they get what they ask for, but they're not aware of it. Sometimes they get the feeling of being watched or even followed. Mediums and psychics, they're also at risk. They're again voluntarily opening a door. And they're on a much more intimate level than a, uh, a soldier investigator, a paranormal investigator, when they open themselves up to channel, they can give, if they are not properly guarded, access to spiritual attachment. Uh, dabblers, you know, people who have read partial information that, you know, information, you know, uh, it's a partial ritual, partial information, they don't have the full picture, they obviously can get an attachment, people with emotional or health issues. Uh, drugs and alcohol, that gives an entity an in. It can diminish the body's natural aura and can cause rips or gaps in the protective shield. So what do we do about it? You know, how are some ways that, that you remove entities, Nod? Um, well, first of all, one thing that I um, I do address with especially my students or people that I'm work, working with is to understand that people make sure they understand they have the right to their own space. And 
I guess if you really don't think about it, you know, it's not something that you would um, declare. You know, you have the right to your own space, your own aura, your own home to be in it without being um, bothered by someone um, in another realm or in the physical realm. You know, everybody has the right to their own safety and protection. So um, really addressing this with people is, first of all, the most important because if I were to remove it, they would almost, you know, immediately welcome it back in. So, you know, understanding that, you know, you have the right to your own space. And unfortunately, I learned this the hard way, you know, just dabbling in in the nature of this business. You know, we've had to, uh, both of us have had to deal with quite a few of um, entities or attachments that, you know, would follow us home, you know, after cleaning off somebody else or, or you know, whatever the situation may have been. So um, I had to learn that the hard way on addressing and claiming my own space. And now, you know, once you have been in your own space and it has been cleaned long enough, you can almost immediately feel when something is trying to attach to you. And I, and I actually just, I turn around and I start yelling at it and tell it to get out of here because I can feel it immediately. But it took me a while to um, get to that point, even being a sensitive and even being a medium, because they can be quite sneaky um, and then it turns to, for me, it felt kind of like, um, you know, emotions would start showing up in anger and you think it's your own stuff because it feels, you know, it's our, 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 nat- our natural inclination as, as um, humans, we, we can get angry, we can get aggravated, uh, we can get emotional. So, you know, they can be quite sneaky and, and start attaching themselves in that way and then they get stronger and stronger and stronger so I explained to somebody you know you have your right to your own space and when I clean this off when I take this away there's going to be a void there there's going to be a hole there sometimes if it's been there long enough with a person the person can really have a, a feeling of emptiness and so really kind of filling that space up with something else like white light or love or whatever else that they're wanting to bring into their life is really, really important. And um, But that is definitely the number one step is claiming your own space because I've had people immediately welcome it back into either their homes or if it's attached to them, you know, it comes back to them. Right, and you're, you're very good with um, helping people to empower themselves to, you know, kind of, close that auric leak and, you know, increase their own auric field and close that loop a bit. But, right. Right. Yeah, the, so the one thing that I learned um, in pranic healing, which I thought was wonderful, is in, and they address things a different way. And I, and I kind of, I've, I've, my theory is, you know, from many different factors and experience. But um, I like how they address it where they, they call them basically elementals, and there's these energies that will collect on your um, your chakra web. So we have a, a web of protection that is, exists on your on your chakras that almost looks like um, a spider web. And they're really tiny and really small, but they actually project themselves to be really scary and big. And then when you start having that fear, it collects more of these elementals on to the chakra webs and it starts kind of building like its own city of fear on there and then you're completely trapped in that fear or you're completely trapped in that phobia. And so the 
um, the way they address it is that these elementals are actually really, really, really small. And so a lot of times how I deal with them is through um, energetically cutting the cords um, in, a, in a certain way and um, removing these elementals. And that has been very successful for me as well as um, a, a lot of prayer because in teaching, I kind of do it, these different steps. I give people, you know, little rituals to do until they actually feel comfortable in just knowing that their word has more power than anything. So sometimes, you know, it's all about building up um, a person's belief system to know that they are that strong and that they are that powerful and that they can claim their own space just by simply stating it. So um, it's all about kind of, you know, one step at a time to getting to that point of belief. And I think sometimes the more you believe in it, the stronger you can make it. And especially if you get other people involved, you get all this fear energy, which, which essentially can feed most of the entities, not all of them. You know, there are, there are some just lost souls out there that are just kind of, you know, really curious or, or really like your energy. But then there's other things that are out there that are really, you know, trying to feed off of that fear energy. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's quite fascinating um, how it works. And I think I've probably worked, used different methods on different people. Right. Right. I know one thing that, that I am a firm believer in, before I will do a paranormal investigation in a house, I, I do, uh, it's almost an eight-page um, questionnaire so that I will be able to find out if there are any uh, number one, what your experiences are and if there's any psychiatric uh, issues going on with anybody in the household, even down to what medications they take, uh, just because I'm a nurse and sometimes people will be put on a medication for a behavioral or psychological condition, they aren't told what it is, and I can tell by some of the medications. So that kind of gives me a, a clue that there, you know, we may have dual issues here. So I do like to make sure the T's are crossed and the I's are, you know, dotted just so that I don't do more damage. And, you know, you don't want to create a problem if there isn't a problem. But I, I do do a psychological questionnaire history. Because, I mean, there, there are a lot of variables in this. It's not very cut and dry. Uh, and lately I have been aware, as I've done a little bit of research on it, that there are actually some healthcare professionals that are treating spirit attachments, which I found very interesting. And they're treating it in the sense that they are helping the person to heal themselves, to get themselves stronger, and thereby kind of increase their RX field so that they can take off the attachment that way. It's almost like a self-empowerment from the inside out, which is the first time I've ever heard of anything even remotely uh, being addressed by this, you know, the, uh, that community at large. So I thought that was very encouraging that maybe we're kind of going in a little better direction with that. Uh, you know, but little things, you know, when you think about it, that it's easy to get hitchhikers. If, even if you don't go in the paranormal field, how often do you go in a bar and get a drink? And, and have you ever lost consciousness when you drink? Or, you know, don't get healing for an emotional wound. You know, don't really finish it. You got a little chink in that armor. 
you know, or when we have a loved one die, you know, uh, you know, stay with me, I can't survive without you. Well, be careful what you wish for. They just might honor your request, but not in a way that you want. So, you know, you do have to be, words are very important. You do have to be kind of careful with what you do. So, you know, what do you do when this, when this happens? Well, I mean, you have more options than just to call Nadia and I. You know, we have been seeing more and more uh, spirit attachments in the past two years than I've seen probably in a lifetime. What about you, Nadia? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then oddly enough, I, I don't know what's going on in the last, I don't know, three weeks, months, but there's been so there's been a lot of paranormal activity showing up at people's homes. And I've, I've had more calls, I think, than I've had in a, in a very long time. Um, and they haven't, and it's been kind of more on the negative side than just kind of the, you know, right. bothersome side. But, um, yeah, it's it's been... Yeah, it's been, I would say, probably so the last couple of years. It's been quite a bit. Right. I don't know if we have any callers that wanted to add any stories that they might have. Um, sure, we'll, so this, we'll get those, and after the break, we'll take some callers. Right. But, you know, it's very interesting. In the paranormal world, at least you have an option of maybe asking, you know, the spirit if they need help, and you can, you know, kind of approach it from that and treat the spirit first and get a little clarity on that. But, you know, short of that, you know, I'm sure we have a lot of experiences out there. Right. And then also there's something to be said, you know, energy, like energy will attract like energy. And so something that's going on with you um, may be attracting something of a similar energetic field. And so they can't really hang on or attach themselves if you are in a certain, um, you know, energetic field and whether you're um, raising your frequency or whatever that may be um, they can't really attach themselves if you are energetically raising yourself up it's also extremely important I can't stress enough how important it is to protect yourself and when you are protecting yourself energetically that actually will also hold up in the physical realm not just emotional mental spiritual realm and all of the other realms so that will also hold up here. Um, and that kind of goes back to, you know, what Barbara was saying um, about your auric field and it being strong. And um, if it has any breaks or tears, it's almost, you know, very easy for anything to kind of leak into there, whether that's an entity or just people's emotional stuff that was left behind. You know, someone could have had an argument in a room that you were in or, you know, wherever you were a few minutes prior or even a month prior and you're you're sitting there and you're taking on all of these other people's stuff. And if you're not, you know, energetically cleaning yourself or protecting yourself, you know, that becomes a part of your energy. It's not being recycled correctly and it's, you know, attaching itself. And then that negative energy will in turn can attract other things to you as well. So that's why it's so important to really change your vibration, to raise your vibration, and to also energetically clean yourself. And you'll notice that you are le- less likely to have any type of spiritual, uh, spirit attachments or um, even physical, physical negative people around you. It's, it's quite fascinating how that happens as well. When you um, are in a certain energetic vibration, negative people can no longer hang around you. It's, they naturally will kind of 
you know, phase right. themselves out. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. I think that's, yeah. So, you you know, you can attract, you know, the company you keep will really change your vibration level. Right. And I understand some people you know, are so far in, you know, they're so surrounded by negative people and they probably, you know, they might have an attachment or there's something attached to their house or their property or whatever it is. And sometimes it's really hard to get from underneath that unless you do call a professional. Um, but, you know, with that being said, it's up to you to kind of keep that space and also yourself clean after that point. It's, it, it really is something that, you know, you need to kind of take your own responsibility for. That's true. No, it's a good point. Good point. Right. Very, very good point. Yeah, I do stress, you know, personal protection before you get in anything like that. And at least once a day. I mean, I do it once a day. I know, Nod, you probably have it programmed that you do it less often, um, but minimum once a day and time it. And then yeah. for individual sources, you know, clean it off. Or if you notice you step in a situation that's really dirty and icky, you know, that you cut those cords immediately. You know, we do help quite a few people cut that and help cut the cords for themselves. But not as you pointed out, self-empowerment, there's nothing better than that. You know, teaching someone that self-empowerment is really key, very primary to having a problem again and again and again. Right, and, and, you know, sometimes you'll start to notice that the same clients will come back because they're continuously picking up the same types of energy, not always the same thing, but the same types right. of energy. And, like, and I think kind of going back to what you said um, in terms of cleaning somebody's house, you know, it does, I have to say, it takes a lot longer than people think it does. At least for me on the, on the other end, I first have to scan the house and um, see what's really going on there. Because I've shown up to people's houses and things have, have hidden before. Yeah. Um, like I've, I do a lot of um, group house readings and, you know, so I, I no longer will not check out the place energetically before I go there, <laughs> which That's I just wasn't point. quite thinking about, you know. But, right. but now I, I completely scan the house before I go in there and I have a little grid that I set up um, and to be honest with you, a lot of times, even after I set up that grid, sometimes I don't even actually need to physically go into the house any longer. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that. Number one, addressing the property, you know, what's the history on the property? Why is there, you know, entities or ent- uh, one entity or more entities coming in and out of that space? Are they attached to the property or are they attached to the person? And that's usually kind of pretty easy to figure out because, you know, if you leave, are you still having problems when you leave the house? <clears throat> and, um, you know, is there is there some kind of history with that property? Does something negative happen or is this on some type of sacred ground? You know, so um, asking mm-hmm. for protection from the, the, from the, um, the elements. The land, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I do that, right, right. Right, so from the land, but also like, you know, all of the nature beings that are on the property, whether they're with the the trees or the grass or the flowers, plants, whatever it is, you know, also, you know, just in speaking with them, they can give you a lot of information about what's really going on here. So really before I even talk to the people, there's a whole lot of information I can find out, you know, 
from other sources because they don't right. usually, you know, always know what's really going on. And so asking for the, the protection in that way. And then I go into the house after all of that. <laughs> right. And then, but, uh, but by then, it's usually pretty much taken care of um, right. by all those external sources first. Right. And I think that there is a view out there that, you know, all you really need to do is smudge your house and it's all good. And, right. and I've gone in after and, and had to really do a house cleaning because, you know, if that is the the thought process, then, you know, you've missed a lot, you know. <laughs> well, not only that, as it depends on what you're dealing with. If you just do right. that, sometimes it can get a little bit worse. And I've had that experience, right. too, because now they're just getting aggravated. Right. I've gone in after a team has gone in and they've house cleansed and they've smudged and they've done what they thought was a house clearing and it, and it does get worse and they get angrier. So right. I've, I've had that experience myself. So I don't teach people that it's all that rudimentary. There's a lot more that goes into it. Right, right. And then also, you know, again, understanding that is your space. You have the right to that space. Um, and right. usually most of the time that works unless we're, you know, kind of dealing with like some type of a, maybe an Indian burial ground or something, something else. Um, and that's more or less about respect. So, um, you know, it's just, you got to really ask yourself, what am I feeling? What am I dealing with? And sometimes just a conversation with um, a sensitive or medium or something can kind of ha- help you establish the way you need to approach the situation. But, I mean, you know, people can do this completely on their own. You don't necessarily need to hire someone to do it. Um, You know, it's more about you just having respect for yourself, your space, and then understanding that whatever this thing is, it's it's feeding, it needs your energy. Somehow, some way, it needs your energy. So there's some kind of, you know, compassion there as well that this thing Mm -hmm. Is having a hard time with whatever it's going through as well, no matter, you know, what it is. All right. It's true story, as they say. So I don't know if um, we have any stories or anything yeah. that we can present. We do. So we're going to um, go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll take some callers. That would be great. I'd love to hear what people have gone through with some of this, you know. So it's a fascinating field. Yes. Definitely. Okay, we'll be right back. At Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, we're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, enlightening, and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media, the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us, host a show, or be a guest. Or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message Hello? is too good to miss. There's always Hello, room caller? for courageous, knowledgeable change makers, inspired artists, caller? and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Caller? Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, helping you find and shine your inner light. As promised, we're always thinking of ways to bring you a fresh new perspective. Check out this lineup of our newest shows. The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring Firefly Willow's L-I-V-E favorite, Heisey Lutmers, and his co-host, Charlie Harrington, 
on the second Tuesday evening each month. A Shamanic Life, hosted by John Carousella, on the first and third Tuesday evenings each month. What's your prescription for balance? With Dr. Glenna Calder, the first Thursday afternoon each month. And Evolve, with Robin White Turtle Lizney, the third Thursday afternoon each month. Introducing our newest show, the second and fourth Saturday mornings each month, From Beyond, with mother-daughter psychic mediums, Nadia Shapiro and Dr. Barbara Williams. We're excited. Give us a listen as we continue to create new... Investigation. Okay. And um, there was a we break we break up into groups, and one of the groups I took um, into an attic uh, changed all of a sudden. She got quiet. Her eyes didn't blink. She wouldn't leave. So she had something um, attached to her, and you know we had to coax her out. And then um, you helped work at what what was ever stuck out of her. Okay. Hmm. All right. And that was, oh, okay. So that was, we've had that happen a couple of times. That must have been at one of the investigations we did at Parsem. Was that? Yes. Okay. All right. That was pretty interesting because they really did. They were unable to look anybody directly in the eye. That was another kind of an interesting sign. And they really couldn't get close to me. Like I couldn't get within three feet of her without her freaking out. So, no, yeah, she really was, wouldn't talk or make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty, and it was very dramatic because she wasn't like that when she came in. So, no, not at yeah. all. So that was so. How did you feel when that happened? Was that kind of clarifying to you, or frightening, or? Um, no, it was odd because after training with you, we've already gone over this. So, um, you know, just to get her outside, to get her grounded, and then work on it to remove whatever was attached. Right. So you but had validation. <laughs> yes, definite validation, but it's just scary because the person who has the attachment doesn't realize it at all. Right. Right. So, yeah, I usually don't. I, I find that um, in 
it's it's so funny how that can happen, but sometimes when you just kind of start giving them some signs and showing some things, it, you know, they might wake up to it, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more often than not, they're usually in denial. Now, yeah, and she didn't want to leave the building, and it was just very odd, and she had two people with her, and they were aware of what was happening. They were fairly new as well. Well, no, but that's what I'm putting out there. Like, if you're not experienced or trained to know what to do, you just don't know what's going on. Right. So it, it, had she had left, she would have carried that attachment home with her. Right, right. So I know. Yeah, and, and with, with my team, like, you know, it's kind of funny because they will get me, and if I get close to the person, they start freaking out more. So, yeah. so usually, <laughs> usually we, we know, you know, that we have to have some type of intervention that goes on with that. But, yeah, mostly you can see it in their eyes where they absolutely, their eyes will shift and change, and they cannot look you in the eyes at all. It's the most horrible, worst thing they could possibly do. So it's really very interesting to see that go on. But, again, not everything is that straightforward. That was, that was in particular, was pretty uh, forthcoming, you know. But that was a good lesson, you know. And 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 I'm sure now that you know that that happens, you're more prepared into how to help other people with that or how to prevent that from happening to yourself. And then just to put it out there, like people should probably try to call a professional or if they think someone's going on rather than doing it themselves and get attachments themselves. Oh, you mean as far as going in an area where it might be, you know, a little more um, higher uh, risk as far as what that goes. Correct. To you know, when people go to some of the uh, graveyards at Gettysburg, uh, you know, question haunted areas, um, old asylums, old hospitals, that type of thing. Yeah, really. Yeah, like you always, to yeah. Play with. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to protect yourself and ground yourself and stay in groups. Right. So prevention is the best cure. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely learned that the hard way, as as uh, my mom could verify growing up. I've had some strange things happen to me. <laughs> well, at least you have her to help you out of it. So. You're lucky. <laughs> well, we actually have each other, you know. Yeah. It, it's sometimes very hard to identify that yourself. It's very, very difficult. So it really is helpful. It's almost like the more people that you teach and that you work with that with, that you yourself have more safeguards. So it's a safety net for all of us because, you know, we're human beings. We're living a, you know, a physical existence. True. You know? Now, another question is some people will um, have an attachment but call them to themselves or say they don't want them, but then they automatically get them again because they are wishing it back on themselves. Usually it's done subconsciously um, because they yeah. haven't shifted or changed their energy or, or filled that void with anything other than what's been there for a very long time. Right. Now, is there a way to protect them if they can't protect themselves from keep going back and doing this to themselves? Mm-hmm. No, no. Actually, they would they would need to really wake up to that. I've actually turned people away um, because I knew they would keep calling it back in because they weren't going to stop doing what they were doing. I mean, you can set a protection over them, 
but realistically somebody if somebody wants something there there's there's no stopping them. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling in, Tracy. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, and good luck on your show. It's awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Bye. Okay, okay so now we have uh, Karen in Maine. She has a question about attachments. Are you there, Karen? Yes, I am. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Where in Maine are you from? I'm from actually from Gray, Maine. Gray, Maine. Well, welcome to the show. Oh, and I understand you have a question on attachment? I do. I have a question. If you know someone who you believe has an attachment, but they're not open to discussing it or the possibility, are you, you know, is it karmically allowed to clear that person of the attachment without them knowing, or do you need to make them aware of it? Good question. <laughs> hmm. So that would, that's kind of like what you were talking about before, Nod, is, you know what I mean, they would be calling it back to them, you know, person, Karen? I am. It's actually my brother, and he okay. has suffered from depression, and there have been times where I know it, it's not him. And as you were just talking about not looking someone in the eye, and, right. you know, he's had to be hospitalized or taken in and evaluated, and then he's been medicated, and, you know, it's gone on for a few years, more than a few years, and I'm just wondering if the, there is a possibility that there is something attached to him due to his depression, and he does, you know, he, he smokes marijuana, and he's kind of a poster child for here. Come attached to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, oh, see, it's a really fine line, again, because... Our institutions are full of people, so it's, you know, the chicken or the egg, what happened first? You know, right. what, what, you know, what happened first? Was there a time that he, you know, something that happened way back when? That yeah, when he was seven, our dad was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it was just, it was very sad and very hard, and, it, I, you know, he didn't have a childhood, and basically, because he was watching him, and he said every day he was waiting for him to die, and I think it all started then that he had some kind of, you know, I don't know if you call it a horrid break, but something changed for him, and it's just as he got older, when he was about 20, he really started to display, you know, more anger and and the depression coming out. So, so that's a good point. Not you. You would be a good one. Uh, let me run something by you, this, Barbara. Um, so, someone in that situation, they certainly wouldn't be harmed by energetically cleaning them. Number one, you right. know, uh, no matter what would transpire, energetically cleaning them, and you know, that would be something you know that we that would be done like in pranic healing. There's a lot of different systems that would do that. You would sort of clean the energy to sort of get rid of some of the little elementals, attachments to try and clean some of that to get the person feeling more or remembering way back more of who they are to try and get that a little healthier. Any other recommendations that you might have, Nod? Yeah, sorry, how how old is the person? He's 36. He's 36. So um, 
Yeah, definitely. You would get him to the point where he's been energetically cleansed for you know an extensive amount of time, and then that's when you would um, try and have a, an, a conversation with him about um, you know keeping himself clean on a regular basis on himself. Because mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much we can do if they're going to continue to do the same activities over and over again. And the right. goal is to get rid of the addictive. Um, addictive elementals and all the stress and fear and elementals um, so that they don't no longer have those habits. And that's definitely entirely possible. Um, So it's sometimes it takes, you know, a little bit of time, but I think the most effective way is definitely to get the person's participation. That's not always the case. And I do work, I do work on a lot of people that don't know that I'm working on them. So you can do that. I mean, he's, he's talked to me before about how he, he um, has self-medicated, and he admits that, and being depressed, and he, you know, he goes through phases where he does very well or he does very poorly. And he actually was open to me going to his house and staging it, which now I know is not good enough. But he, he was okay with it. But he right. said, "Well, I'm the most negative thing here. Should I leave?" And I said, "No, stay." <laughs> right. Right, I think it's just a matter of getting him, you know, clean long enough so he can understand that that, that is his actual energy, not the energy that he has around him right now. Right. So, I mean, the the person will feel completely different. I mean, like they will start doing things that they, you know, should be doing and they'll, and they'll stop, they'll start removing the negative behavior. It's just kind of a natural progression of what goes goes on when a lot of these things are removed out of their auric field and off their chakras. And then, you know, and definitely, you know, ongoing protection for that person so they don't welcome it back in. But sometimes, you know, even when you're doing that, sometimes they can just continuously welcome it back in. But getting them clean long enough is the goal. Okay. Well, I'll work on that with him slowly. (laughs) Right. At least that's a forward progression. So it can't hurt. It can't and cannot hurt. Yeah, and staging isn't going to hurt either. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It does have its purpose. Um, it's just that if there is a, an attachment in the house, you know, I think that's more or less what we're referring to. If there's an attachment in the house, that's not doesn't always get rid of it. Right, and I do think it centers around the house. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to investigate more. But thank you for all the suggestions. You're mm. welcome. Take care. You too. All right. For the association. Okay. Okay, thank you for calling. <laughs> yes, thank you, Karen. Uh, next we have uh, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Are you there? Yes, I am. Well, hello. Hi, Do you have a question? I, I kind of have a question. It's kind of a story and a question together. Um, I know of this gentleman who does um, ghost hunts. He leads ghost hunts. And um, in doing one of his little ghost hunts, he told us that he encourages attachments to attach to him because it makes it seem more real for him and for his guests. I'm assuming that's a really bad thing to do. Uh, <laughs> be careful yeah. what you wish for, you know, because you, you generally will, will wind up getting that. Well, I need um, not to go to a dinner party at this person's house. Oh, Lord. <laughs> who yeah. wouldn't know who we would be talking to? It could be multiple different <laughs> Right, and he, different I know entities. that the people around him, people that he had around him, too, like I think it was his girlfriend, she definitely, I think, had an attachment because she was what I call very off. She just was really weird acting and 
I'm assuming those are people I want to stay away from. <laughs> Good thought. Oh, that's that. That really is a shame. You know, in the paranormal field, and I'll and I'll say just addressing this young gentleman. I don't. I've never probably never met him. I don't know, but um, unfortunately, in the I don't know how many way too many years that I've been doing this, I have seen many paranormal investigators fall very very tragically ill. Yeah. And. I, I mean, really horribly. Uh, lately, I know of two that were, I mean, to the point where they were ventilated. They, you know, were on respirators. And I don't think people put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking that it's an unrelated incident that has happened to their physical body. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I have seen that. I have seen yeah. to the point of death. Huh. And and I hope never, ever to see that again. But I don't think people are always putting, you know, the two things together and realizing that they can, like Nadia said, empower themselves and do it correctly. That's a very, very big thing. And that has nothing to do with ego or, oh, you know, I'm I'm so great I can do this. It, it really is that internal light and that clarification, clarity within yourself and getting yourself very clean and clear. <laughs> it's amazing what you can actually accomplish when you are energetically clean. I mean, you will have more energy. There's so much more. You just will be able to live um, in a very happy and empowering space. But someone who is consistently welcoming these things in is really asking for trouble because there will be a point where they will not be able to get rid of it on their own. And um, and I know from some attachments that I have had, as what Barbara was saying, how they can, you know, turn into physical ailments. You know, I've had things attack my kidneys before, and that's like how I, you know, I knew something was going on, and directly when it was removed, it um, it was completely gone. You know, that, yeah. that um, so it, it's just asking for trouble and for yeah, the people around them as well. Yeah, he said they don't last very long usually when you bring them home. And I said, are you sure? I don't think that's something you want to bring home with you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You know, not only that, when you are consistently bringing things home, you could actually, you know, open up some type of a, a window or a vortex, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, you know, not intentionally, but you have so much energy going in and out, and it's like it kind of just naturally can happen. And then if you're not aware of that, then it's like you've just got an open doorway going right into your home. It's like a subway station. You know, and it's energy. It is jam packed in there to the point sometimes where, you know, it's it's hard to breathe. You know, there's so much. It's so stuffy, or at least that's the experience for me. That um, you know, there's so much going on where your your home is no longer your sanctuary. It it becomes Mm -hmm. a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, another. Right. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Yeah, that um, person definitely should maybe is yeah. not the best person to go on any any type of yes, investigation I've, with. I've, I've learned that. I, I've learned that. I hear the name and I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the type of person that if I were in the room with, I would constantly be cleaning up every word that came out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> erase, 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 erase. Oh, 
you know, on this, it's also very important that it's very, very delicate ground. When you have someone that may be showing an outward symptom of an attachment, and, you know, you see symptoms, and they can easily be the result of a psychiatric or physiologic nature, that you tread very, very carefully and use common sense, Mm -hmm. you know, with that. Um, you know, no one has all the answers, and one thing you don't want to do is walk up to someone and say, oh, you, you have an attachment, you know. <laughs> I mean, most people are not going to respond very positively to that, you know, unless you know them really, really well, and it's okay, and you've removed attachments before, but usually that, you know, people don't become very receptive to that, and the window will just shut between you and them, and your window of opportunity of helping them is gone, you know. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> Yeah, words would be very important, mm-hmm. you know. And like you were saying before, Nod, sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, just literally cleaning the energy and working on the person, you know, sometimes may make them more receptive, do you think, to having a conversation that would be having them more tell you what they're feeling? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely they will be way more receptive. Sometimes I feel like it's whatever is attached to them that's completely closing them off to – it's them talking. It's not the person talking. So that they wouldn't allow them to open up to anything, any type of help. So, yeah, the longer they stay clean, I think the more receptive they will be to help. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I know I have one. Do we have any callers? I have one little story I wanted to share. Uh, no, I think we're all set. Thanks a lot, Crystal, for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I had the, um, it was a very interesting investigation where I did an investigation on a house, and the gentleman, uh, I didn't know it, and I did the whole questionnaire come to find out, uh, the man had a, a life-threatening accident. And after his accident, it was so marked, it was a very, very classic case. He was in one profession. After his accident, he uh, went into the music field. He had no talent, no instruments, never had any, any interest in the music field and became obsessed with, he was on disability and, you know, he continued. And, you know, I went to investigate his house and it was full of guitar bodies and guitars in different state of repair and disrepair. Um, he didn't really play, but he just had to have them, had to have them near him. And it, it was a very interesting thing because I didn't realize some of the things I had learned. We, you know, I took him outside to see if I can get him more comfortable, get him out of the house. And I already realized that he couldn't look me in the eye at all, at all. So we were all standing around outside, and I was next to him, but about five feet away, and he was talking to some of my other teammates, and I little by little inched closer and closer to him, and I wasn't facing him, I was beside him, and when I got to be about three feet away from him, he he just verbalized, he started to get really nauseous. And uh, and I was basically kind of doing that to see how close I could get to him, to see what the reaction would be. And, you know, so I told him, I said, well, you may want to ground yourself, which is, you know, something that is very helpful if you have an active uh, place that you can ground yourself. And he he refused to move from the spot, and I backed away about a foot, and he felt better. And, you know, just to sort of see, I got a little closer, and the same reaction occurred. 
So uh, what would create that knot? Have you ever come across that? Where he physically couldn't stand to have me close to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially so if, if a healer or somebody with a very strong energy body comes into contact with, um, you know, so the energy, your energy body is filled with, you know, we'll just call it just for the sake of the conversation, white light, you know, it's a very strong light, very, you know, right. very, very strong, and it's very big. So when you come into contact or in the room with something, they can't hang with that vibration. Um, okay. They can't hang with that frequency. So as you come closer and closer to them, it's almost like what we would feel like it's burning, you know, burning us. You know, it's, I mean, it's just they... fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, just, I just couldn't, I mean, I was just, wow, is this really happening? Uh-huh. You, you so touched on that much. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, you touched on that earlier when you were talking about, you know, how there's, a, a you know a contradictory energy that couldn't be in the same arena as another type of energy. It's it's really when it happens, it is really fascinating to watch. And I and you and I have shared probably multiple stories on the same subject where like they will run out of the room <laughs> or or they can't walk into the house. Like you know, there's every excuse made and it's not able to walk into the house for some reason. <laughs> It's quite, you know, it's it's quite fascinating to watch because they really just cannot hang. You know, they're always kind of looking that um that weakness somewhere. You know, they can and they can energetically see it a lot easier than we can. You know, they're you know made of that pure energy, so it's kind of you know easier for them to seep in through a crack or a hole or something or, or weakness into someone's um uh, auric field or energy body. So. Yeah, they they literally will turn the other way. Um, I mean, gosh, I've I've got stories stories for days on on similar circumstances, and and me being a person who has um, personally, have, I've actually gone through a possession, and I've had multiple attachments. I've learned the hard way, especially in doing this work. Um, I and I really have learned the hard way, but I have to say. From my experiences, I am extremely good at um, removing them because of all of the experiences I've had. But the possession part is on a whole other level. And, you know, I was working, you know, probably too much and doing too many of these things. And I wasn't taking care of myself energetically and cleaning myself energetically. And I was taking on too much from the client. And, um, you know, I, I had definitely had a weakness, and I'm not sure exactly when this happened, and I didn't know it was happening until I had um, gone to see. There's one person I used to um, only allow to energetically clean me up, and I would usually only go see him when I was in a very, very bad way. And so um, when I did finally go to see him, because I was experiencing uh, an extreme amount of depression, and I am actually normally a very happy person, and um, so I knew something was wrong. You know, I figured, oh, you know, I probably had, you know, an attachment I need to get rid of. I was having trouble seeing it first of all myself, but then getting rid of it was a whole other story. And so um, when I finally went in and we sat down, he actually physically would not let me leave, and I really wanted to get the heck out of there more than anything. I mean, I wanted to leave. I was making every excuse I could possibly imagine. And then he called in some help, 
And I remember just laying there, and there was these sounds coming out of my mouth that I couldn't even make if I tried. And all I can remember is it sounded like, like a cat hissing, like, you know, like um, really loud hissing. I couldn't even make the sound again if I tried. And things were flying around the room. I mean, it was really crazy. And I just remember I could kind of see and feel what was going on, but I remember not having, like, any control. And it was just, it was so scary. And it's, you know, and I, um, I wasn't even aware that this was inside of me or attached to me. I had no clue because I was so far underneath it. And it probably had been going on for quite a while. I mean, I, I don't quite know. But afterwards, I mean, I literally walked out of that room feeling like a different person completely. And that's when I learned that no one or no thing better ever mess with my space again. <laughs> that's oh. why I became so adamant about teaching that because, you know, nothing has my permission to come anywhere near me. And I'm, you know, and I, and I've, been known to turn around and to start swearing at it saying you better get away from me (laughs) you know because I can feel anything starting to approach any part of my auric field you know I can immediately feel it and you know it and it it upsets me it makes me mad because this is my space and I think that's you know where I I I don't regret any of my experiences I definitely learned so much from them but I have been through many of them. And that was probably uh, one of the most scariest things I've actually ever gone through. But I have to say I'm thankful that I had a support system that I could openly talk to about it, um, which I know a lot of people don't. And that's also really important, you know, to kind of get some feedback. And if you are going through something like that, you know, to be able to talk to somebody openly where, you know, they're not going to look at you like you're crazy. Right. That's important. Very important. So, and that, you know, kind of leads us back. So how does one protect oneself from spiritual harassment if you can't avoid it? You know, some things that we can do, you know, and it only takes a few minutes, you know. You can imagine a brilliant white light surrounding your entire being. You can call in your spirit guides to protect you and make a declaration, like Nadia was saying emphatically, that under no circumstances, is anyone allowed to attach to you or follow you or possess you? You know, you, you need to emphatically present that information literally from the inside core of your being out. You know, and if you feel that you already have something or something hanging around you, you do that, but in addition, ask your guides to please take the energy to where it's supposed to be for its highest good. Um, or if you feel that someone, a loved one, you know, that is being possessed, I think, Nadia, you know, we talked about that, how you want to help them clean their energy, you know. Um, there are things you can do to help them reach clarity so you can even have that conversation. That's very important. Right? Do you have anything to add that you would do differently or in addition Yeah, to- I mean, pretty much the same thing, I think, um, for the sake of, and we can maybe do a whole other session on this sometime on maybe psychic self-defense. I think a lot of people get a lot of stuff out of the information that we both have. Um, but just something simple like surrounding yourself in white light. 
Uh, the, the thing with that is you have to do it multiple times a day. Um, one of the protections that uh, both Barbara and I use can be programmed for um, a week or two weeks or longer. Or also just doing like an invocation or a prayer. Um, like one of the invocations I use is um, <clears throat> to the Supreme God, Divine Father, Mother. And that's actually addressing, um, in my belief system, my higher self. Um, and then I also address all of the other um, entities of the white light. So, you know, to the uh, Divine Father, Mother, all the great ones, healing ministers, holy gurus, saints, holy archangels. So I, I basically call in everything and then I ask for um, protection, um, from uh, protection, divine light, divine love, divine protection, divine healing. And then I address it on all levels, on this level and all others. Um, to be protected from all harm, all danger, uh, and to, you know, I also talk about making a shield, making it super strong, and it can only be programmed by myself, um, and it's, you know, all negative energy that's already in my auric field can leave but cannot come back in, so I'm addressing anything that's already there whereas the shield may just keep it there and continuously aggravate me so it's allowing anything to escape as well. Um, And so once you actually set up a shield to protect yourself, you can do it for your home, and you can program it. You can, you know, whenever you get in any highly emotional state, it actually automatically falls down, so you can bring it back up. So that might be something that we can, you know, do a whole um, show on. A whole show on, Absolutely. Yeah, right. and, and how to protect yourself, your others, your home, your car. I mean, pretty much everywhere you go, your office, and, like, you get to live in this right. clean space, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I, I'll just add that Nadia has a really great uh, CD out that also you can use to program your stones and crystals, which is really great. And also, you know, energetically cleanse your home as well. So those are, you know couple of little adjuncts that it can't hurt. It certainly can't oh, hurt and it only yeah. can help. It can only so the help. the CD that's available right. on my website, NadiaShapiro.com, all you have to do is simply play it. You know, you actually don't, it's, it's basically can be used the same as, as stage. So all you have to do is simply play it and it will um, permeate all, your, all of your walls and all of the surroundings. It will energetically clear your space. Um, and then the crystal program, all you have to simply do is write whatever you want that crystal to do for you on a piece of paper and stick that piece of paper underneath the crystal and put the crystal in front of the speakers and it will do the rest. And so you could do one for protection for your home or your, your car or, or for a person. You know, they can, it can be dedicated specifically to a person as well. I mean, there's so much you could really do with it. I, I forgot about those. Thank you. Oh, I didn't. They're great. They're very helpful. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, gosh, we have story, stories for days on attachments. Um. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's everywhere. Unfortunately, mostly unidentified. Unfortunately, right. mostly unidentified. So... Yeah, and usually if you can't quite figure out the answer to what's going on to someone energetically, um, if you don't stop and take a look at that, it could actually easily be missed. And I've, I have to say I've probably missed it more often than not because I wasn't asking the right questions. So um, that's important, you know, especially if someone is 
not quite themselves, you know, that's an important question. Okay, is this maybe not them? Is there something attached to them? Um, and that can be very, very easily missed. You know, like I said, I've right. walked into many situations, um, houses, and, and not asked the right questions. It's all about asking the, the right questions for me. Um, if I ask the right questions, I will get the right answers. So I, I, I definitely very easily missed that quite a few times. Okay, so um, that is the conclusion of our show, unless you have anything else. No, that was great. I think we covered a lot of ground and probably opened up um, a lot more for questions in the future. Yeah, definitely. Which is always a good thing. Yes, it is. So um, I've got a class coming up on December 6th, uh, Introduction to Mediumship Level 1 and Level 2. That will be held in San Jose. And do you have anything going on over there, um, Yes, I haven't publicized it, but I will be having a multi-scene investigation going on in December. Um, I will uh, put out the date within a week. We'll be having a three-location investigation that will be appropriate for new people as well as seasoned investigators and proper ways to conduct paranormal investigations. Wonderful. And you can check that out, more about that at um, BarbaraWilliamsPhD.com and more on the classes and things that I'm doing at NadiaShapiro.com. And thank you all so much for joining us. We love you all. We love hearing from you. Um, and any other topics that you wish us to discuss, just simply send us a, an email or um, you can even post it on our Facebook at From Beyond Radio on Facebook. So everybody enjoy their weekend, and we love you guys, and thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for From Beyond with mother-daughter psychic mediums, Nadia Shapiro, and Dr. Barbara Williams, Saturday morning at 10 a.m.